There we go. Okay. I believe we're live. Yes, we are live. Okay, nice. welcome everyone to the first episode of The Candy Shop. I am your host, Raul Reeds. Just wanted to let you guys know that this podcast will mostly be an audio podcast, but for the premiere episode, I want it to be super special. So as you guys can see, I have a lovely <laughs> bunch of people here with me today. Uh, so I want to welcome you guys to The Candy Shop. Thank you guys for being here today. Oh, I love how everybody has their pronouns. Okay, we all have them. Okay, twinning, hardcore. Uh, so, would you guys like to introduce yourself? Uh, we can start with Alistair. Uh, if you don't mind introducing yourself and talking a little bit about your work. Sure. I am Alistair. Um, I'm from France originally, but I write in English. And so my first novel came out in November. It's... Uh, contemporary dystopia it's the old love and the new uh, and it's more drama than it is dystopia really it's like uh, a little about a little story within the big story of the dystopia so it's really character driven it's about love it's about queerness uh, mental illness and uh, a lot of self-discovery so hopefully you'll like it there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't even notice your accent until right now that you started. Yeah. You said that you're, yeah. Uh, it's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great. Uh, so, Rune, would did you mind jumping in and uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and about your work? Of course. Um, my name is Rune. Uh, Rune Rivers is my pen name, technically. But um, I'm writing the Soul of Lucifer series. Uh, it's a septology that I have planned. Um, three books in right now and it's about a modern day like reinterpretation of like the Lucifer and Michael business uh, where Lucifer is reincarnated and this angel is inheriting the war that he had with Michael and what kind of repercussions that would have uh, in a contemporary setting. Um, there's a lot of uh, like allegories for like uh, kind of corporate hellscapes is what I've designed like heaven to be very just like, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the main character, a lot of her growth is overcoming abuse. So that's a huge theme in it. Um, and yeah, yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, you're doing amazing. Uh, so Last but not least, uh, Gabriel, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and something about your work? Yes. Uh, so I'm Gabriel Hargrave. Um, I write um, currently erotic sci-fi. Um, my debut novel, The Orchid and the Lion, came out um, in October of last year. Um, it is, so it's, it's set um, about 150 years in the future on a space station that's become sort of a haven uh, for queer people and poly people and people who are into kink and things like that, where um, there are these laws on earth that have basically limited who people can be without repercussions. And uh, so a lot of people have been moving to this station and, um, there are there's some political turmoil that happens with the the main characters um, who are basically just trying to live their lives, um, and uh, in the midst of all of this, uh, some stuff happens that that really changes um, the way that the station is and and the way that their lives go. 
There you go. You guys did amazing. Uh, yes, Crystal. Uh, please sell all these books. Yes. Yeah. So I also want to welcome chat. Thank you, chat, for joining us today. There's a couple of people here watching us. So hello, chat. Um, as they start to trickle in, I'll pop up like the comments for you guys. Uh, so the first question is fairly easy. And we can start with Alistair. What made you want to become your writer? Well, I think... I think it's been like it started a long, long time ago. I must have been I must have been like seven or eight when I wrote my first little when I typed my first little story on my dad my dad's computer. I printed it out like on rainbow paper and stuff, and uh, it was it was an adventure. And then I think I think I just figured you know this is this is cool. I'll keep doing that, and eventually you start learning about books in school and then you learn, okay, well, some people do that for a living, so maybe I can do that. And then you start saying to your teachers when they ask you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You start, you start being like, I want to be a writer. And they start saying, okay, what else do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> and, you know, eventually, thankfully, my parents were supportive of that. So I was able to study that and, and go into words and language stuff, which, uh, I'm pretty sure not everyone is that lucky, so I count myself pretty <laughs> pretty lucky about that. So it's pretty much been on and and a since forever kind of thing. I don't I don't think there was a, a specific uh, event or or something which which makes it doesn't make for a great story, but uh, it's one of those callings kind of things, I guess. <laughs> No, you're okay. It's kind. Of, sometimes it is kind of hard to like recall when that moment actually happens, but you're here now, which is all that matters. Uh, what about you, Rune? Do you remember when you wanted to become a writer? Um, for well, <laughs> it, I'm a little mad at you, Raul. This is like the second stream I've had with you, and you've already unlocked sad backstory time. So, uh, uh, <laughs> usually it takes at least three dates. Uh, so when I was like in elementary school, I was kind of like weird kid and didn't have a lot of friends. And so kind of in like middle school and I started like, I met this girl who had like characters and I'm like, oh, you can do that. That's an option. You can just make people. So I made Oren, my, who's the MC of like my book series now, like back in middle school. And I just like, I was trying to have like a friend and that's what started it is just like started with her and then I made a few more to populate this world and I ended up in high school writing like a short series of like novellas around that and then got into adulthood tried to read them again went ooh this sucks and <laughs> that was like one of the catalysts for like rewriting the series and actually putting some effort into it do you, have you guys seen the movie uh, Inside Out by any chance? Yeah, it's a Disney movie. I feel like I just unlocked a core memory. I am so sorry. Cool. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that with us. That's it's a great story. <laughs> no, you're, it's great. You're amongst friends, so you can share. You can openly share your feelings. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel, <laughs> put yeah, it you. Uh, so uh, uh, I you remember was, that moment? Yeah, I was five. Um, actually, I told this on another podcast. This was my first rejection as an author. 
Uh, so when I was five, I didn't know how to write yet, but I knew that I really liked books because my mom used to read to me all the time. And uh, so I wanted to write a story about a Tyrannosaurus Rex and I couldn't form letters. So I like folded everything up like construction paper and then just scribbled all over it and drew little pictures. My teacher yelled at me for wasting paper. And I'm like, it's a book. I can't write. Teach me to write. And then I won't have to waste paper. <laughs> that's so adorable. Five years old. That's really yeah. young, though, to like know what. That's crazy. I well, so I started reading at a really young age because my mom noticed just how much I enjoyed her reading me stories. And so I... I guess like at one point she found me in in the in the like the nursery room or whatever at like two years old like flipping through a book and I like knew the book by heart so I was reading the book <laughs> <laughs> but like I was able to recognize words in other books that I had seen in this one and so by the time I got to be like five years old like my reading level was super high but I didn't know how to write I just knew like I can read. I don't know how to form letters. I'm five. Like I haven't tied my shoes yet. Um, but I just like, I was bitten, I think like at two years old and gone, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> I love that. I think Crystal said it best. Uh, sometimes you just know in your bones that you're going to write or you've got it right. Um, and she also said so much wasted paper. Wasted paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, or is everybody on the screen here like an avid reader? Are you guys casual readers? Or do you guys not like here and there? Are you guys too busy writing stuff? I would love to say avid reader, but it's it takes me a long time to read something because I, st I sort of have to, I have to read it out loud in my mind. Like I, I, I feel like I need to form every sentence when I'm reading a book. Like I've only recently discovered people just read without actually like doing an internal monologue kind of read, right? But I tend to do that. And that just means it takes a, lo a longer time because it's like when you're listening to an audiobook, right? It takes a while. Um, but yeah, I try, I, try to, uh, I try to read as much as possible for sure. Do you feel like that somehow, like, do you feel like, it's, I feel like it's with musicians, the same thing, like, when they listen to songs outside of their own work, do you think it affects or like influences your work? Is yeah. that, would you say that you try to stay away from it? No, I think for sure. It, I, I think for sure it, um, it influences um, how, how you write, because that's how you pick up writing, isn't it? Is by reading other, other things. Cause you can learn about theory. Like you can learn and read about theory a lot, but at the end of the day, you just, you, you learn it's kind of an instinct that you learn by reading other stories and you kind of pick up, even if you're not really trying to pick it up, you kind of pick up what you're, um, what's working. Um, and then maybe subconsciously, subconsciously, you just, uh, you kind of like carry that on. So yeah, I think for sure it, you, you do pick up stuff from what you're reading. When I used to run a book blog uh, about a million years ago um, and like I learned over time, like this is the stuff that I really like in books and this is the stuff that I really don't like in books. And so I was able to, by the time I actually sat down and actually started writing professionally, we'll say, um, like I already knew like this is stuff I wanted to avoid and this is stuff that I would enjoy doing or enjoy writing. 
this is not on the same topic, but who here is a pantser and who here is a plotter? <laughs> I love that. I love when people like. So who's a plotter I and who's a pantser? Pants the whole first draft of book one. Um, the sequel that I'm working on currently, I'm planting because I started off with this like basic gist of what I wanted to do. And then the characters went, no, we're going this direction and nothing you say is going to bring us back on task. So I put together like a very small, like a couple of sentences per chapter of like, this is kind of what I want to see. And then it took another turn. So I'm <laughs> so like a multiple plants there. Like I just keep getting like a little bit further in the book and going, oh no, now I got to think again what I want to do. <laughs> that works. That's Yeah, if it works for you, that's... Hopefully. Oh yeah, gosh, it, as long as it works. Uh, what I'm about you? I'm almost at the end. <laughs> oh, you're almost, at, you're almost done with it? I'm almost done with the first draft. It's probably going to take me like another week or two, but... See, it's been, I started, I started working on that for Nano. Like I wrote yeah. like 80,000 words during Nano and maybe 20,000 of those are going to actually make it into the first draft. Jesus. Yeah, it was real I, bad. I, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> uh, what, what about you, Rune? Uh, are you a pantser or a plotter? I was, I, I planned with like the first one. Like I have, I know where it's going. I already know how the series ends. But like I keep writing out the outlines and I don't know, maybe it's because I like just read Gabriel's stuff and we're interacting. So now it's like rubbing off on me. They're not doing what I'm asking them to do. I, I, I had the ending for book four planned and something happened. And now it's like, <laughs> we're still going to get there, but in a different way. And yeah, I'm, I'm so gonna... sorry if I jinxed you. I apologize. I don't know. I think it's just because we're interacting now, and it's 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 like your brain's oh. going like a mile a minute because it's you and me, and because uh, we have a a DM group with my critique partner Loren, um, who is really great at giving feedback, but also like really great at giving feedback. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, maybe I should consider Those this thing. That she just said. <laughs> Those are the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you gonna say something else, right? I thought you were gonna say something. I don't know. No, I was. No. <laughs> you're <laughs> good. You're good. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Nano Rhino. Oh my God, it almost oh. looked differently. Is anybody participating in that? I know Gabriel just said that he was uh, gonna submit something for that, but is anybody else gonna? Oh, I attempt tried. I tried multiple pressure? times, but it's like it's one of those things where it's all it's it's about like getting words out and and quantity and. And that's good because it, it gets you to put words down and have something that you can edit later. But I can't do that. I, I can't do that. If there's a timer, I will freeze and not do not write anything. <laughs> so if there's no timer, I might write as many words. But if as soon as there's like the pressure is on, suddenly like I'm not doing it. So it's just um, it's never worked out. I've tried multiple times, but it's never worked out for me. Um, but I like I hear that it works very well for a lot of people, and that's great. Yeah, a lot. I feel like pressure is is a very weird thing. Some people enjoy being pressured. Some people like don't exactly. don't want it at all. And it's I think it's a weird. You have to find like a medium, kind of like, like in the between, where it's like 
you have to look at it in a more positive light. Like it's helping me reach a goal and I should see it in that. But I feel like when it comes to writing, people get discouraged easily. And that's what sucks. I don't know. Does anybody, is that why some of you guys would stay away from NaNoWriMo? Because you could get discouraged? Yeah, I am personally crippled by like the idea of a perfect first draft yeah. which is, makes the editing process a lot easier but like if i'll get stuck and just stare at the screen on like the last sentence i wrote because it's just it's not like clicking so I, i'm not doing nanowrimo i won't torture myself like that this is the first time i actually won so on and off over like from when it started to now i've attempted and I think the only reason I even got through it this month was A, I didn't sleep, but B, I already knew the characters because this is a sequel to the first book. So even though I was writing from a different perspective, because it's not from Dorian's perspective this time, um, it was still those same characters and that same world. And so I was just going, okay, what's the next part of this story? And then I got to the end of November and I went, and none of this works and I have to start all over again. So I don't know that I would do it ever again because it was a lot. And I'm still trying to like reel in my sleep schedule because of it. Yeah, sleep schedules are tricky to fix. I have not fixed mine. Mine is like whenever I could sleep, I sleep. Um, So my next question, let me pop it up because my phone decided to lock. (laughs) <laughs> I swear. Uh, so this question we all start with Alistair what craft elements do you think are your strong suit and what would you like to be better at I think I do an alright job with um, dialogue and like uh, like inner monologue type of, type of things and description is really difficult for me I can't like I can't seem to like when I when I talk about when I talk to other people about like what they read, oftentimes they have these visuals in their minds of like what the world looks like, the room, where the windows are, the doors, everything, like the the positions of the characters everywhere, and like I can't see that. When, so I have a hard time describing it because I can't see it. When when um when I'm uh, thinking about a scene in a book that I'm reading or that I'm writing, what I have in my mind, it's not visuals, it's like, uh, it's like uh, emotional beats and, and like voices. So visual descriptions, I would love to like find tricks and, and whatnot to get better at that because I know it's important for a lot of people. If it makes you feel any better, and I hope, hopefully it does. As a reader, <laughs> I, whenever I read something, I can't picture it like at all. That's oh. why I can't read fantasy. Like it's like not yeah, like epic fantasies because they describe like these big things. I just like go off emotion. Like oh, they're sad in the scene. Okay, we're sad now, and I I can't. So hopefully that makes you feel better that you're not the only one. Oh, it's, like, yeah. Can't I, I don't know. I can't picture it. I can't see it. Picturing stuff. Yeah, picturing stuff is just not something. Like it takes a very big effort for anything to get pictured. Yeah, like you're asking my imagination to be working right now. (laughs) No, sir, no, sir. What I do is like I cast like actors, like famous actors, in roles for like the characters, and that's how I see them. The last time I did that, that, voice, but not not with visuals, but yeah, voice. Yeah. Oh, like oh yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah, know someone's voice, and and you can 
imagine the sentence being spoken in that voice. Yeah. But I can't see exactly. their face saying it at all. <laughs> yeah. The last time I did uh, did that, oh my god, I say about that was yeah. for uh, for this book for Chris Williams's book Antibody. Mm-hmm. I cast like the, everybody. I was like, I'm gonna give everybody like roles, and it's gonna make it so much easier on me. And it did. I rem- like whenever something would happen to somebody, I would get upset because I was like, oh, why would you hurt this person? Because you know, I'm picturing the actor. Uh, so I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, but what about you, Rune? Uh, what craft elements do you think are your strong suit, and what would you like to be better at? Um, for me, actually, like my dialogue is good, but I do prefer like my descriptions. Ironically, to Alistair there. Um, my, my problem is shutting up at some point. Like I've had to cut down a lot of like my prose and stuff because I just kind of like keep going, but I like setting up scenes and like, just like you using that, using like very descriptive flowery language. Like my book should really be sold with like a bottle of Claritin, you know, because <laughs> uh, another weakness is a, a certain item of punctuation some people have a problem with but <laughs> me it's me i am the people <laughs> Dra- you dragging him alive really rude yeah <laughs> it's okay gabriel we all struggle sometimes with it it's okay i'm just i'm putting the hurt out there so if gabriel feels like he needs to like bring it up he was just sitting this whole time. It's like, come on. We can leave your comments places in the DMs. <laughs> Ooh, he said, I'll meet you in the DMs after the live. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Gabriel? What craft elements do you think are your strong suit? And what would you like to be better at? I'm actually the same as Alistair. So my dialogue, I feel like, is probably the strongest piece of my writing. Um my descriptions, not only am I not great at them, but speaking of things that I get dragged for in the DMs, my descriptions are not pretty, like of rooms or things like that. So in in book two, they're in a different setting and they're in a different brothel. And when Loren and Rune read the description that I had wrote up for it, they're like, oh no, honey, we gotta know we're gonna fix this. This sounds terrible. It's hideous. So I don't know what makes a good, like, nice looking room. Like, I can describe characters, <laughs> but you make me like come up with somebody's apartment and everybody goes, nah, we need we need somebody to come fix your house because apparently it looks terrible. <laughs> it's like no furniture and the them sitting on one of those, like, what are they called? The pull up. Oh, no, there is furniture. It's just ugly furniture. It's horrible furniture. It's terrible <laughs> I love furniture. you, Gabriel, but silver lamps on mahogany. <laughs> who would match that in there? That's gross. Well, like, he's not an interior designer. <laughs> he said, why would the drapes be like that? That's just crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? It, to, it Hopefully it cheers you up. While reading your book, Gabriel, I think you did a very good job. One thing that I do remember a lot is a piano. Oh yeah, the piano. I that I can hear it. It's weird. When I was, I think that's the only time I was able to picture something. I all I can see is a big, grand piano, and and like I don't know, like I felt like the ball, like a big ballroom, and it's like just mm-hmm. music playing. So you did a great job with that. Thank you. And actually, um, so it's Leif's point of view for book two, and we do get more of him 
playing piano because that's sort of like outside of everything else that he does, like that's his his big talent. Yeah, um, I like that. And I really enjoy writing those scenes because they're just a lot of fun. I'm I don't play piano, I play viola, but like music is sort of my thing. So it's nice to be able to bring that element in. I can play piano. Does anybody else play instruments? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit? Tiny little bit. What can guitar. you play? Oh, yeah. guitar. Yeah, guitar. I could never. I, I can never play I've guitar. I've attempted. That's hard. Guitar. I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'll get arthritis well, or something. I used, to, I, used to, I used to play piano a little bit as well, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure now I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't get back. I would have to get back into it. Like it would take a little while for it to come back because it's been years since I've seen one. It's easy to learn it though. Like my favorite song, well, my favorite songs to play are Nightmare on Elm Street, the theme song, and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Those are like the best ones. I mentioned this yesterday, but it's like super easy to play them. Uh, So you should try that. All right. So we know you guys have been successful in releasing at least one body of work. Rune beat all of us and he has three out. So he's doing great. But is there anything you guys have written that you decided just won't see the light of day? Is there anything hiding like in your drawer? Like, no, bitch, you're not coming out anytime soon. Is there anything you guys have worked on and like might give us like a little description, a little summary? I'm gonna go first so people forget about it because the other people will go after me, hopefully. So um there's actually so there's a novel on my computer that no one will ever see. Um, and that's actually not what I'm going to talk about, but, um, <laughs> it, it was something that I wrote like in college in like a week, um, that, uh, was just pure fluff. But when I was in middle school, so eighth grade, maybe, uh, the corn, uh, make me bad music video came out. If anybody knows that song or that video and I no lie wrote like a short little novella based on that music video and I finished it and I read it and then I tore it up and I threw it out. <laughs> it was so bad. So you would say music inspires you? Um okay apparently then it did. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you rip it apart? It was so it was honestly I I was just really like disappointed in it. And and I'm glad it doesn't exist because I would read it now and probably die of embarrassment, like just on the floor dead. Um, Cause it was, it was, I mean, it was eighth grade. Nobody does anything well in eighth grade, nothing. No eighth one's gonna do anything in eighth grade. What is, what is just, what, eighth grade is like. Oh, um, so I was like, have like, like 12. 12, yeah. yeah. Oh, well that's, yeah, that's very young. You, you yeah. can't still feel embarrassed about stuff you write at 12. You can't be held accountable for that. But people read it and knew that it excited a couple of friends that like, uh, read it. So there's people out there who have seen it, who know, besides me, how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else have any uh, stories that won't see the light of day? I, I, I would like to have finished more than one story, but I've got nothing finished that's, that won't see the light of day. Have so many every, it's like Everything I got is gold. We're good. Like, like lots of beginnings. And and lots of beginnings that suck, but uh, of course they won't see the light of day because they're not finished. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything that I'm holding back on because I just haven't finished anything else. Um, yeah, I mean, fan, the, the odd fanfic, but that's like, of course they won't see the light of day. It's a fanfic. 
Some of us have posted our fan fiction, so. <laughs> some people, yeah, some people do publish fanfics. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's somewhere. It's online. You can probably right. find it. Uh, what about you, Rune? Do you have anything hidden? Um, for now, uh, the novellas that my current series is, like, based on, because, like, I wrote them when I was in high school. So, I don't know. Maybe someday, like, if I if this series makes it big, maybe I'll do like a charity stream where I like read from them. That would be fun. But other than that, like, I'm just I just keep them around. So when I if I feel like really sad about my writing, I can just open that up and be like, their growth has happened. <laughs> you're you're like the improvement. improvement. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's called growth right there. Yeah. Uh, Chris wants to know, do you guys have any uh, so any secret pennings? Oh, it's a secret. Is it a secret? Oh, oh but it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> You're on something. No. Uh, do you guys have any just that you might want to reveal? We're actually, you know what? If you have a, if was there like any like pennings you were like considering before going with what you have now? Like, did anybody say I want this to be my penning name? So technically, my my current name was going to be originally my just my pen name. Um, it was going to be under, it was been my, my dead name and then Hargrave as my last name. Um, and then when I was like, Hey, I'm transitioning. I, I was like, well, I kind of really like this, this last name. So I'm going to like change the whole name. Oh. So like, I guess this was sort of like a pen name and now it's not. Oh, you changed. Oh yeah. So you changed your last name as well as your, as your friend. Yeah. Yeah. You can do and it. Middle, just a I whole thing. I don't think huh. you can do that here. I mean, I mean, Canada, I don't think you can, I don't think uh, I could. Oh, interesting. That's like, probably depends on the, on the country. Right. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know any about the rules like that. Uh, I want to change my last name, but oh. we shall see. Uh, so this question is for, uh, for Gabriel. What's one misconception people have about erotica novels that you've come across? Uh, because your book is an erotica. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so I think, like, for one thing, before I ever even attempted to do this, I had misconceptions about the genre because, like, it wasn't that I had never read it. I had, but there's there's this push for authors to continually publish in order to, like, keep their name out there and make money. And so... You get really, really good stuff, but there's also some not so great stuff. And so because there's such a flooded market, sometimes some people only get to see the stuff that's not so great. And so that's maybe the first thing is that like, oh, it's it's not really good writing. There are some amazing authors out there who this is this is their genre. Um, some of the best books that I've read um, in years were, were within that genre. But I think also that a lot of people get this idea that it's only ever about sex. There's not any like plot or character development or anything like that, which for like some short stories, yes, but some longer novellas and novels, like there's some really meaty stuff out there that, um, I mean, not even just mine, although mine does have like a plot and it tackles some social issues and um there's there's a lot of development within the characters and and of the um like the background um the homophobia and the transphobia and stuff like that that is on earth 
that's now starting to affect this station. Um, so you can get some really deep stuff um, like Docile by K.M. Spara, which was actually one of the first novels I had read that was both erotic, but also tackled sort of like that one, it's about capitalism and, and the, um, like the decisions that capitalism forces us to make where it wasn't just these two people are having sex. It's there's a real actual point to to this book, and and I think that some people don't read far enough into the genre to find that oh hey there are books that are like not just well written but have like a message or have like a point to them. The last book that I read that kind of reminded me of yours when it comes to sex positive is um what's it called Jay's Gay Agenda. I don't know yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. I just recently read that one. And every time they talked about sex, I was like, in the first couple of times, I was like, like, what the heck? But then I, I like, it was such a positive thing that I was like, okay, okay, we're good. Like, it just, it took me a minute to unlearn that, like, it's sex. It happens. People have sex. It's okay. <laughs> They're going to talk about it. Um, because I had a panel a while ago with Rune. He was on that one too. And I was I was saying how for your book it was a little bit out of my comfort zone, so it's taking. I watched that panel actually. Yes. to read it, like a long ass time to finish it, because it's like out of my comfort zone and it's like right. I feel like it's a jungle and I'm just kind of exploring it, taking it in slowly, uh, which is leads into my next question. When it comes to pronoun usage, uh, I know most people are used to the he, him, she, her pronouns. Uh, was that for any of you guys uh, using that um, using that for your future books or for your current books? Was that ever a concern when it comes to like the regular readers, like this, like people who might not understand it? Did that ever like become a concern? Like, oh, I might alienate them like, because they don't understand it, or were you like, if you know, you know; if you don't, you don't. You know, that's how it is. <laughs> I don't think actually any of my I don't think there is like in my first in my first uh, novel there's there's only he and she um which sorry, is, I'm just reading the comments I'm sorry it, it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a um, a conscious <laughs> uh, like it wasn't a decision like a strategic decision or anything to not have it and that might not be the case in the second one um but yeah, I haven't really had to contend with that um, myself yet. I don't know about you guys. But... Yeah, what about you, Rune? Did, did you intentionally stay away from that or are you planning on doing that later in the future? Um, I'm currently in book four drafting. I've just introduced like my first really like non-binary character, which is one of the princes of hell. Um, these they, them pronouns. Um, I'd like to explore like a little bit more though, like as probably with side projects or depending on what the characters tell me they want to go by, you know. Um, but I haven't had too much experience with that yet. I do have like a couple like trans characters, but there's, it's hard to write, but there is just like one instance where there's a misgendering thing and it's like very purposeful, very harmful. And that was hard to delve into, but it's important, you know, to get that across. 
that's a what, what, I want to talk a little bit about misgendering. Well, not not, not going to dive in too much into it, but uh, I think Gabriel was the one the, who pointed this out. He's like, "Oh, your whole panel is trans trans men," and I was like, "Oh shit, you are!" Like, I, I was like, I'm like, "I just wanted an all boys." Like, I thought this was like a genius plan on your part, but it was no, I was like, you know, what, I'm gonna make it like an all boys thing for the first one, and then I was like, I didn't even notice, like. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's like, that was, I guess, like, it didn't cross my mind. Um, so, but, sorry, oh, no, you go. No, you go. Oh, I was going to talk about the, the pronouns thing. So. Yeah, perfect. Because that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my first, my goal that I've kind of set for myself, um, and I've mentioned this other places too, I want to try to get characters in each of these books that uses many different pronouns as possible because I feel like there's a lot of they, them, non-binary characters, but not so much other other pronouns. Um, so that was like the the thing that as I started writing this, I was like, oh yeah, no, there's gonna be a Zer and there's gonna be like an A air. And I, it wasn't that I planned it at first, but now since I've done it, like I do wanna keep going. In fact, my next book features a client who uses it, its pronouns. But I had a beta who um, wasn't quite like informed a lot about different pronouns. And there's the scene with the air client where um, this, this beta started like trying to fix the pronouns. And I had to be like, no, 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 I did that on purpose. Um, but I have had people like DM me to be like, I really like your book. I'm wicked cishet. I don't know what this means. Do I sound dumb? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like if you have a question about anything that I do, like 100% send me a message as long as you're being like respectful because that's how you learn. And if you can't come talk to somebody like, cause this was, I've had several like Twitter friends uh, comment or like DM me and be like, please help me. I don't know. But I feel like the more we use not just various non-binary pronouns, but the more that we depict various versions of being queer, the more normalized that becomes, the, the easier it is for people who aren't queer to, to understand like, oh, this is this identity and this is that identity. And so like, I have trans characters in these books that they are not just monolithic, right? It's not just one type of trans character. So Quinta from the first book is a trans woman who is very butch. You know, there's, it's not that very girly girl kind of, of um, depiction that we see in a lot of media. And there are, are other clients or other characters who with, with Dorian, he is a cis man, but he's femme. Like you basically never see him out of a dress or a skirt. And I have had people message me and be like, Dorian's a dude, right? I'm like, yes, yes, this is on purpose. Like when I started um, you know, writing this book, I was like, I want this to be sort of a love letter to queer people um, because I feel like we get the same depictions of queer people over and over and over again, because there's all these stereotypes. And because a lot of the people writing these narratives, especially in like TV and movies, they're not queer. 
and they don't consult with people and they don't. So we get these, these cookie cutter queer characters. And I was like, no, 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 I want off the wall and anything and everything can and will show up by the time this trilogy is over with. I love that. The first time I ever uh, encountered uh, the pronouns, they and them, was when I interviewed Patrick Scattergood and they um, they linked the interview. And when they described me, they're like, go to Raul Reese's channel. They, they, they use uh, they and them pronouns for me. And I was like, this is it, it, it felt new and like different. I was like, should I use these pronouns as well? Did, did it awaken something in you? I felt like, <laughs> wait a minute, hold up. Uh, I, <laughs> I, but I do, uh, do prefer the he, him. But I did like it when uh, when they used them on me. I was like, okay, I'll take it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about inspiration. Um, what inspires you guys? Is there a like an author, a specific person in your life, music, movies? What gets those wheels turning in your head? Let's start with Alistair. Uh, oh, no, it starts with me. Uh, I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking. Usually, it's 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 experiences it's like uh, watching people and and meeting meeting people and observing uh, interactions in the world and learning about the world there's always something interesting going on there's always something that's going to be that that's going to make you think about something else that's going to make you think about something else and and that's how i think that's how i like to build on stories, the the first spark of inspiration for me, it was like for my first book, it was actually a prompt. It was a, uh, a French competition, like a writing competition prompt. And then, and then once that's done, I think where I'm where I'm better at getting inspired by little bits and pieces everywhere. It's 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 uh, when it comes to adding stuff. Uh, adding layers and um, extra hobbies for characters, extra um, extra backgrounds, and I think it's just a matter of uh, when you when you see people and when you observe people, it just kind of like you become a bit of a sponge, and then things come pop up here and there because you've heard it somewhere. You know, I love that you take inspiration pretty much from life. I love that life inspires you. Definitely. I love that. Uh, it's, uh, it's that, um, oh my God, not me stuttering, can't even speak English. I wanted to I wanted to write something for this anthology series. Uh, I probably won't do it, uh, but it, it's right. I think we're very alike, Alistair, where I also draw from life, where like I work at night and I'm always like, what if there was like this crazy killer outside? It's like, and I just like go off that. It's like, I yeah, think of all these scenarios. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So I, I'm, so glad that we're actually being like I can actually talk to you and it's I, I can see that we think alike and that's like I think that's the best thing. Yeah. Like meeting like-minded people. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Rune? What inspires you? What get what gets those gears in motion in your head? Um on being around other people helps a lot. And then because in in my I'm a structural body worker, like my day job. So I do massage therapy. And so it's a very like em empathic sort of line of work. So it really helps like 
it helps to help people and like to think think about how it, like they see the world and realizing that like the person you're working on is like they they go home and do their own thing they have their own story and like it's quiet it's pretty quiet during a massage so i, I can start making things up almost in my brain a little bit just like what's your story where have you been what happened to this leg here and for you can do apply that with like characters and just making things up maybe out of boredom maybe because it's like the world is so bleak right now and i need to know that people have empathy and they they're experiencing like things that i am like joy pain whatever else but it's it's easier to write it down because con like conversations don't don't they don't go like how you write them and yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I can see where you're coming from it's especially right now like everything seems a little bit like gray like black and white it's just like yeah and there's no color so uh it's a great time to be a reader like a writer too that you can escape and actually like dive into worlds uh, I will let you answer the uh, question, Gabriel, but I wanted to yeah. add a new one in there. Um, a lot of, well, when you think of queer, the word queer, some people view it as a slur, but some people see it as a term that is able to use, right? It's fine. So when you think of the word queer now, that somber story, that traumatic story, right? A lot of people associate that with like, oh, it's 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 a gay book. It's going to be sad someone's gonna die they're gonna get an illness some shit like that right so for your right. stories for your stories did you guys want to avoid that path or were like no this my story is going down that path and i have to say that i have to tell it like that uh you, we can start with gabriel because uh we can start with the what inspires you and then we can go off that question uh, so I do a lot of RPGs, like TTRPGs with some friends of mine, which is actually where the character of Dorian came from. They're very different, like game version of Dorian is wildly different from book version, but it started with this same, it is a, a, a cis gay femme sex worker. And he sort of like burrowed into my brain and wouldn't leave until I wrote about him. Um, but so a lot of that storytelling that I do with my friends when we do like D&D or we've done like Monster of the Week or uh, Dialect, things like that, um, having that collaborative sort of storytelling has informed a lot of what I've done. Um, but I also like, I shamelessly will admit that I'll be watching something or listening to something and an idea will like pop into my brain and it's not based on what I'm looking at, it's just a tangential idea that came out of it. Um, like, what if it was different? What if it was this way instead of that way? Um, so the second question, when I first started working on this book, I had no idea that it was gonna be anything other than just sex. That was the plan. And within the first like chapter, this story started popping up about the purity laws and about how the station was a like a haven for people and i didn't want it to be a sad story i wanted it to be you know something that people do have real joy and and they find real happiness and comfort um but as the story went on there was this deeper narrative where like 
these people are happy who they are. You know, that, that part is the joy and, and the, the, um, the beauty of it, but there are people trying to dull their sparkle, so to speak, like the, um, the, the villain of the whole narrative. Um, Rune was mentioning earlier about like a purposeful misgendering in his book. I have that as well. There's, there's um, themes of, of um, homophobia and transphobia and horophobia throughout the book with the bad guys. It's not like this is something that isn't called out. It 100% is. But it's a, it's a reality of, of queer people's lives that we don't always get to be warm and fuzzy. We do have these situations where people are very much against us. But also, like, the world at large, I had talked about this on a, on a different podcast, the world at large, there is a huge pushback in certain places where not even just queer people, we think about like Texas, like they are trying to ban even books that feature people of color because they, there are people who are like, oh, I don't want my kid to read about that. So sorry. I'm sorry. That's the reality of the world. We have people of color. We have queer people. We have whatever. Your kid is going to know these people, even if you hide the books from them. And so as the, the story developed, I realized that what I was really telling was not just the story of these two men falling in love. It was, them doing it and finding happiness while the rest of the world was against them or, or starting to be against them, um, which I feel like is a, a relatable experience for a lot of queer people of, you know, oh, my family isn't supportive or my family is, but some of my friends weren't and they left or I have to hide this because of my job or, or things like that. Do you know when I realized that hate is like taught kids uh do you guys know the show that's a raven yes yes okay there's an episode where raven and chelsea apply to this uh store and they don't hire raven because she's black does everybody remember that episode by any chance i, seen I never watched it but i know people who did and i've heard of this episode before. It's, a, it's a great show like it taught like great values and i showed it to my sister not that episode but disney plus you know we're watching the show and she like well, okay when that scene happened about like telling raven the reason why she wasn't getting hired my sister who's uh i think she's 12 or 13 she's really young and she's like oh i don't get it i was like what do you mean you don't get it she's like why well, didn't hire her and i was like oh because the the lady the manager's racist she's like because she's black i was like what about it i was like oh it's because like she doesn't like her because of her skin color it's like she was like, she couldn't like understand. It's like, right. why would you hate someone just because of that? And I was like, I, there's people out there who are like that, and it sucks. And she's like, I, I don't understand it. Like, I don't, it was, it was a great like eye-opening moment for me. I was like, oh my god, she has like never experienced this before, and she didn't understand it. So I'm glad that she's not like has those thoughts like these people, because uh, we do live in Texas, which is a very conservative state. Uh, so I'm glad that she's on the right path. Um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Imagine telling a kid not to read a book and thinking that would work. Yeah, yeah. kids are gonna yeah. do anything they want to do. Yeah, a kids like they so. know way more than us at this point. Um, <laughs> I, I want to read this specific book here. Don't yes, open it. Don't read it. Don't, yes. That was they're gonna no go way to get me to read a book when I was a kid. Like, like don't read it. I'm gonna read it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For God. Um. 
I'm going to liven the mood a little bit. And I want to yeah. talk about author love. <laughs> author love. <laughs> I noticed that the author community is very positive and like they shower each other with compliments, which is amazing. Uh, how do you guys feel like when other authors push your stuff? Do you get like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed? Because uh, I, I really love author love between one another. Uh, so, how do you guys feel about that when other authors like, you need to pick up their book? It's so amazing. What's your initial reaction? We can start with Alistair, and then we go all ruin and then Gabriel. It's super. It, first of all, it's it's surprising because I always figure like maybe my mom's read it and and that's it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's. Um... At least your mom will read yours. Mine doesn't want to be in the same room as mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about the series. That's uh... yeah. I mean, it's it's super flattering. It's uh, surprising and flattering, and and then it it make it sometimes I. I no, it's not like it's not a transaction or anything but sometimes it's like it, it can make me feel like maybe i'm not doing enough you know like maybe i should like i should do more like i should push like i should either you know read faster or <laughs> but i'm working on that because that i mean obviously that's not how it works uh but yeah i mean it's it's been super nice and on twitter as well of all places that there's like such nice people that will for no reason other than they want they feel like it and they do believe that you can write and that must feel great though uh i don't i'm not an author so i don't know how that feels but i feel like that would be nice i know for example like yours uh i think that's how i i think rance was the one that was talking about your book and then that's how i found out about you and i was like oh shit if rance vibes with your book i'm gonna go check it out myself yeah, um, I don't know like what happened with Rance, but yeah, like we started interacting at some point, and then I don't know. Just he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he's one of the nicest guys on there. Uh, so I'm glad you. Oh, because your interview—that's how I was listening to it. I was like, so this is what Alistair sounds like. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> you sound so like relaxed or something. Did you drink or anything beforehand? Sometimes I. Sometimes, but when I first started doing this, I would take like a shot or something. Just to, like ease myself. Into wish, no, I <laughs> actually haven't. I haven't had a, an alcoholic drink in like a few, a couple years. I think now. Oh my god, that's good. That's that's good. It's dry. But, dry up January. So people should. No, be it, no, it wasn't like it wasn't even like uh, a purposeful thing. It's like just at some point I was like, okay, well, this is probably not doing great things for my anxiety because mm. uh, there's there's like when. If you, if you start relying on it to to not be anxious, then you you start to notice you're starting to rely on it, and yeah, it becomes like you become addicted to it. But then, yeah, I mean, it it's it's stressful at first uh, when you start talking uh, to people, and I have pretty bad social anxiety. But I think when once you once you're talking, it's just uh, it's easier. It's it's yeah. the moments before, you know. It's the lead up to it, right? Lead up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you, Ruin? How how is that author love? How do, what do, how do you, what's your reaction when you get it? Mostly like ugly sobbing because it's just like, you know, um, and so it's just like all caps. Thank you is as many emojis as I can throw in that response message just because it's it's overwhelming and mm -hmm. I need them to understand that I'm overwhelmed and like I really appreciate like what they're doing. Um, but yeah, it just, it's so weird. Cause like, I'm just, I'm just writing these like for me, you know, 
it's it's kind of for fun if i make any success off of it that's great but like when people like dm me or they're just like oh i just finished it or i get like a review or something it's it's over just overwhelming because it's like why why (laughs) (laughs) you don't like it why (laughs) but yeah it 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 makes me really happy like indescribably happy that's great. I know. I, I'm telling you, I love like seeing it, like on on Twitter. Uh, it must be like very validating too, right? Like somebody else been like, "Oh, your your shit is good. Like yes. you write some good shit right here." Yes, uh, like like Gabriel is able to read it through my comma slices, and he threw me like a message. Just <laughs> like ruin your descriptions with all these hearts, and I was just like, "Thank you." <laughs> I want to talk about that first page. What what is up with people hating on a, a pineapple on pizza? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand. I was I, like, I don't want to like spoil anything. Oh, it's important. Oh, it's oh, okay. I don't waste any amount of foreshadowing in my books. Like any spot I can put it. So technically my dedication pages are foreshadowing. This one's a little bit more subtle. They get worse as we go on. <laughs> or Chris, do they get better? looking for it, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> be looking like for it now. Them. Chris, if you're still watching this, you know that this is the hill I'll die on. Because uh, I've been on this case for a very long time. When I tell people, like pineapple on pizza is the shit, it's delicious. Um, you're getting vegetables, wait, it's not a vegetable, it's a fruit. It's a fruit. Is it a fruit? It's a yeah, fruit. it counts, it counts. Right? It's it's so <laughs> healthy, it's healthy, right? <laughs> Totally. Uh, what about you, Gabriel? How does that uh, author love feel? Like, what's your reaction when you first get it? Are you so like, oh, I, I honestly I like people comment on my stuff. I never expected the response that I have gotten, not just from other writers, but just readers in general. But like, when someone who like I've read their book and I really enjoyed it reads my book and goes, "Oh man, this was really good." I die of happiness. Like I, I just, it's something that, especially with a book like this, that's very different from what people are normally reading. I've, I've gotten a lot of that of like, yeah, I don't normally read the genre, but like I wanted to support you. It, it feels really good and also really intimidating sometimes of like that panicked feeling of, Oh no, what if they hate it? So like, I just finished, on Rune's um, suggestion, I just read Alistair's book and I absolutely adored it. We were talking through DMs and he was like, oh, I'm reading your book now. And my stomach dropped of like, and he oh. typed it out. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but it is, it can, it's very validating. It's, it's people enjoying something that you've put out into the world. And like, I've actually gotten fan art and like, people DMing me and like yelling at me for things that I did because it affected them. Um, Rune mentioned reviews. Like I occasionally I get a review that I like, I just start crying because like it actually touched somebody and like, it's, it's something that I've always wanted to do for forever. And now that I actually am to get any response is just, it's, it's an incredible feeling. I love that. I, I love that you guys like reading each other's work. That's great. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so my next question, we're about to get close to the to the ele- elevator pitch, by the way. So hopefully you guys have it ready on you guys. Oh, I have uh, notes. In my notebook. <laughs> I typed it out. <laughs> it's in pen. Uh, sorry. Has Okay, here it is. 
Has any of your family read your work? Has anybody like any of your family members picked up your books? God, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, te- technically, technically, my dad did in fact pick up my book and hold it. No, I I'm not mad though. He's a he's a ones and zeros computer brain type, type guy, oh. so he can't nothing. But he he was holding them and he's like flipped through the little stack I had and he's just like, so are you gonna go with HBO or Netflix for the adaptation? <laughs> <laughs> HBO, that's the way to go. HBO, you'll get a good budget on that one. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna assume Gabriel, no. I so I actually don't know if anyone's read it, but um, we when I went to family Christmas this year, um, my my cousin's wife, who actually when I first started talking about how I was writing a book on Facebook, um, she's like, "Oh, if you need anybody to edit it or, or take a look at it, I'll do it." I'm like, "Nope, you're good. I'm fine. You're fine. <laughs> don't." Yeah. Um, but so she asked me, she's like, "How are things going with it?" And her 18-year-old son was like, oh, you wrote a book? And I goes, like, not for you. And she's like, well, he is 18. And I'm like, none of you, none of you can read this. This is going to be so awkward for any <laughs> family reunion. <clears throat> so I assume that maybe somebody someday will, like, pick it up. And I'll know because we'll walk into a family reunion or, like, a family Christmas. Mm-hmm. And there'll be this moment of, I read like like they don't even say anything, but there's like horror in their like, eyes. You know, I know, yeah. I know, you that know, I know, and I know, you know that I know, and I'm wondering what you've done out of the things that you, the ungodly things that you've mentioned in this book. <laughs> when it comes to sexy time, when it, in books, how do you guys get into that mind frame, uh, Alistair? How would you, when it comes to like, I'm gonna write this scene, I mean, sexy time, let's get it the 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 sex scenes in in my book are not particularly um nice uh i mean they're not i don't i don't mean that they're bad or that they're you know and i make sure that they're it's consensual but it's never like it's it's not really the point of the scene scene is never really uh to turn to turn the reader on or you know it's like it's not it's not a romance and the romantic elements they're not the same as the sex scenes. Like they're not, these don't go like hand in hand really. So the, I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of like, for me anyway, it's kind of like any other um, highly um, emotional scene where, you know, you kind of have to get, okay, I'm going to write this important bit now. So I'm just like going to think about it for a while. And then, and then I, I know that there's like a beginning, a, mid, uh, a middle and an end, like any other scene. And so I know where it's supposed to go, uh, what what's supposed to change over the scene, what the goals are, what why everyone's there and why they're doing that now. So, I mean, it's kind of like any other uh, pivotal scene. So the mind frame is the same for every single scene? Pretty much. I mean, if it's, if it's a particularly emotional moment, I... I spend more time on it for sure. And uh, there's there's moments where the sex scene is like an important part. So it's like, uh, it's something that I'll spend more time on, but it's not very, it's not that different from in, from writing um, a, another, like a, a, a mental breakdown scene or, or a panic attack scene, or it's just like, 
it's just this little piece of time, this little moment that's going to tell something about the character. So I'm glad that you're comfortable with writing <laughs> stuff like that. I could never, I don't know what I would do. I was like, I was trying to write something or like late last year, like, like just a kiss. And I was like, Oh my God, it's so hard. <laughs> when I wrote a kissing scene, it was also like, it's like hidden in a drawer for, yeah, it's like, but, yeah, it's a, little by little, you get used to it. Yeah, I think, well, you got it, you got it down. I want to get on that mind frame, like that it's just a regular scene. Uh, but does anybody else have any like different mind frames? They, like I need to like get a copy or like just like sit down, no nope, lock the door, and like you know just sit, <laughs> ready. This is probably, oh, I, that was probably like my turning point, I guess. Um, and this was after I read like Gabriel's stuff, and I had a cut to black scene in book three, and I was just like, I could finish that off, you know. <laughs> so I like. I got over my embarrassment about it and just like wrote it down and I actually used Gabriel for the editing services. Just like, Hey, make sure I'm not embarrassing myself here. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and he did really well. I liked that. It was good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I also actually have like a little like warning in the beginning of the book. Just like if we know each other in real life, Feel free to just either skip this or we'll never make eye contact again. Yeah. <laughs> don't never look at the eyes the again. Yeah. Is there anything like that that they don't want their family to read their, their sex scenes? Because I send my mom everything like as I write it. Like <laughs> is it weird? <laughs> it's probably weird. No, <laughs> I, I honestly am a little jealous that that like you feel like you have that sort of relationship. That's that, good. Like even if it weren't like an erotica novel i don't know that my mom would ever read my stuff she's just like i don't read she That's does it. she just says she doesn't yeah um in terms of like how i get in the mindset though like i it it depends on what the scene is for because i try to weave character development or plot or whatever into the sex scenes and not all of them some of them are just people are having fun right but some of them are, oh, he's with this client and he has to ask him this question that's going to lead the plot somewhere. Or Dorian and Laith are connecting with each other on a more emotional level in this scene than they were in previous scenes because they're starting to sort of fall for each other. And so like when I was working on or has I been working on this, this current book that I'm doing, I... Um, I thought about like, what is it that I want the audience to feel? Cause I wrote, I don't normally read or write in first person present, but I thought like for a book like this, where you're in the character's head and where what they're doing is very like emotional or erotic or whatever, that like having the reader be there and be present in the moment was actually kind of fun. And um, so like, I, I don't care if you are or are not turned on by what I'm writing. I hope that at least it comes across that these people are having fun and this is something that they want to do. And this is safe and sane and consensual. And, you know, Oh, look, there's a little bit of plot or, Oh, Hey, I've learned something new about this character. See, I could never, I can, I, I'm just too awkward when it comes to things so like that. So much fun doing it. I I need to get on that wavelength. I, I never to. thought that I would do something like this. I've, 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 
that was not what I ever planned to write was, was this sort of thing. And then I started working on it and like the third scene of, of the whole book is a sex scene. And I got done and I went, that was a blast. Let's do it again. <laughs> I I wish I was there to see this moment where like the light bulb. It was, it was like a, this is cool. Like that um like that exploding brain. Like the mind like mind blown? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I went, okay, number one, I'm actually able to do this. Like I can write this and it doesn't suck. But also like I've never had more fun doing anything writing-wise in my entire life let's go the next level. Let's do the next thing. Let's start the next idea. And I, I mean, I think at least two out of three of you have read the majority of the book. We get creative. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's, that's another thing. A lot of people, I feel like they don't enjoy it. I don't know. I, so I'm glad you're having fun with it. So my final question before I let you guys go, it's the elevator pitch. I know people hate the question, but uh, who actually who who's ready before I describe the scenario? Is anybody ready? Like ready to go? General or <laughs> like I mean, like no, I mean not not ready to go, but like ready for the elevator. Yes, pitch. I do have. I have mine written. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I can't follow that up, so I might as well start. <laughs> yeah. So the scenario is super easy. It's like. I bump into you in an elevator and I notice that you have your book in your hands and I say, Hey, what is that book about? What would you tell me, Alistair? Well, okay. You know, that, uh, that, that dystopian hero and, uh, you know, he's like going to fight the government and he's going to be a bit of a rebel and he's, he doesn't really like following the rules and he's probably going to protect other characters as he takes over, takes over this, like, as he brings down this this uh, dystopian government, it's uh, the book is about that guy's best friend. <laughs> I was like, oh, that shit sounds like fire. It's like, it's best best it's you had us in the first half. You had us in the first half. I read the book and you heard me. Like, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That's so like Sid. It's like, oh, you're like, like, okay. okay. talking about Sid? <laughs> I love that. You did a great job. What about you, Rune? Uh, I bump into you in an elevator. So you you have a book in your hand. I say, hey, what's that book about? What would you say? Um, Probably read you a little blurb here. A modern day angel inherits the war of her predecessor through means of reincarnation is like the easy portion of it but it's about like more than that like corporate hellscapes and like literally like the villain is this overpowered white dude who's just literally like god he's just a narcissist and like does things for his own gain and like i don't know it just that's the good guys are queer <laughs> What? You know, he said that's sold. Sold. sold, 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 That's all you had to say. <laughs> you know, that's the most realistic villain ever. It's hard to write him. It's, it's so hard most, to write him. It, it makes me so unattainable. Like it's, it's yeah. such a different world that that villain lives a, in. <laughs> I had a really hard time writing my villain because I had to get into the headspace of someone who hates people like me, mm -hmm. and it hurt. Like physically hurt me to write her. Every time I have to write a chapter with him, I just like, I leave, I have to leave my tablet for a couple minutes, just like, 
you know, because it's just going to make me angry by the end because it's like, oh, God, he's talking. That The fact that you hate your villain, that's I think that's, that's great. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope that translates when people read it. Like, they're just like, oh, you know, fuck this guy because it's like, that's how I feel writing him. So it's like, right. if I can get a tenth of that from readers, I'll have succeeded, I feel. I've been yeah. waiting for someone to DM me cheering about what happens. But I think they're also emotionally devastated by that point. So, like, facts. <laughs> what about you, Gabriel? If I bump into you in an elevator yes. and I see that you're holding your book, I say, "Hey, what's that book about?" What would you say? Uh, so, uh, it's two sex workers on a space station who get embroiled in political turmoil that threatens their lives and their burgeoning romance. And all the good guys are queer. <laughs> oh, there you go. You guys borrowed the rest of that from Rune. <laughs> I, I already got all Rune's uh, books because they were like a dollar each a couple of days ago. So I already have all those. Uh, your book, Rune and Gabriel's book, they're on Kindle Unlimited. Yes. So if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can like read them for free there. You need to have a subscription though. Uh, you but will have to pay for Alistair's. Alistair's is worth paying for. Yeah, it's worth paying for it. Yes. Yes. I just want also just go ahead and pop some Kleenex and like comfort food into your like little Amazon thing. Any like candy that makes you feel good. Like the bundle, like the bundle, that's what you need. It's a bundle. I I wish honestly, Alistair, you need to start like talks with Kleenex and with like gummy bears or something. Get on it. Sell them as a package. Yeah, like it's a package. Yeah. Think about it. Box it. It's like Here's, the book. Here's uh, some tissues and um, and chocolate. Yes. There you go. Oh, see, you cry and then you cheer yourself up. That is great. Uh, you guys do have a question from Andreas. He was wondering if you were to, I'm sorry, if you were asked to recommend good trans writers, what do you mention? You just like point at these guys, point at each other, like yeah. everybody on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> they uh. Andreas, all their books are linked down below. Hopefully it's like popping up because I did my best to link all the work down below for the first time. So hopefully all their stuff is down there. Andreas, hopefully you can pick something up. I really should make up a list though because I'm friends with other trans authors on Twitter, but I never think to like make a list when I do one of these because I don't know if that question is going to come up. Mm -hmm. Um. But I, I could even, if you remind me, I can send you like a list of the ones that I know of that I've read or at least um, am familiar with if you wanted to add that to the show notes so that people could see that. Yeah, Just definitely. My memory is terrible. Yeah, when anything in the moment is like blank. I, I trust me, I, I don't even know what my last name is right now. I'm like, what yeah. is it? All I know is fine dining and breathing. It's not reads. <laughs> you know what cracked me up? Eric Raglan cracked me up so hard during our interview. Had a lot of technical difficulties, but when I was on screen with him, uh, he's like, oh, Eric Raglan is my pen name. I was like, your last name is not Raglan? He was like, no, it's it's not Raglan. It's something else. I was like, it's okay. My last name is not Reed. So we're being honest. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> he was like, I didn't think so. Oh, I love that interview so much, but it's like one of my most embarrassing ones. Um, do you guys know the term 86? 86 it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So tell me why uh, I say we should, we should uh, instead of saying we should just 86 it, I say we should just 69 it. <laughs> and it got so 
awkward. I mean, he laughed. Oh, yes, I I said that during the interview. I said, and it was live too. I said, we should just explain it. <laughs> uh, so everybody on this screen, everybody who's on chat, you you heard me correct. I embarrassed myself. You can clip it. He just said it a bunch of times. I said it a bunch of times. He said it several times. <laughs> My friends make fun of me when we play Fortnite. They're like, oh, Eric Raglan, did you say that again? I was like, no. <laughs> oh my God, not this time. Uh, before I let you guys go, do you guys have any plans for the weekend by any chance? Writing. Writing, I love that. Busy, busy man. Writing and editing. Yeah. Writing, editing, that's fun. I've <laughs> got a couple of clients that I edit for that because of this move, I like am a little behind on. So if you're watching, mm -hmm. I love you, and I am going to work on it. <laughs> I promise. Uh, what about y'all? Is there any plans this weekend? Um, probably outlining. Because I you still guys are have, busy I bees. Do, I do outline. <laughs> I know you guys uh, pants your books, and I, I, I can't do that. It doesn't get done if I don't have that. It'll rub off on you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You just got to hang out with the directions, But there is an original outline, <laughs> and it's full of holes. So there is that. You're good. Just got to hang out with them a little bit longer. You'll be fine. Yeah. It's going to be great. All right. We have reached the end of the first episode. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. It was a lot of fun. Next episode is next Saturday. And that's with Colin Brooks. So make sure to go check that out. This episode will be out on Spotify, hopefully tomorrow morning. That's um, fingers crossed on Spotify uh, or maybe late tonight. I'm not sure. Just keep your eyes peeled, or actually your ears, because you're going to be listening to it. Uh, all their books are linked down below. Pick them up. They're great. Thank you guys for joining me today. I just can't say thank you enough for uh, <laughs> premiering the first episode with me. It felt great. Just, like, not by myself. Because <laughs> that was the original plan, just by myself. Uh, thank you, Andreas, <laughs> for joining us. All right. Well, bye, everybody. You guys have a nice day. Bye. Adios. Thank you. Bye.